Hello, all of you beautiful people. How are you all doing? Um, this week's episode, it's upon us already. Um, just as a quick sidebar, side note, um, I have recently completed an interview with um, Al from the Adoption and Fostering podcast. Um, so if you guys haven't already listened to their podcast, definitely advise you to do so because they've got some really, really awesome guests, really interesting topics that they cover as well. And they're both, um, Scott and Al, they're really sort of heavily involved in the adoption and fostering world. So lots of knowledge there, which is incredible to sort of tap into. Um, as I say, I was uh, a guest on their um, podcast and that episode is live and available. It's kicking. So um, check it out. Um, this week's episode is going to be a follow-up from my most recent um, adopter contribution, um, which has been around education. Now, I know obviously education is a topic that we have covered a number of times and in a number of ways. I also know that it's a topic and a subject that will always need some sort of thought and considerations. Um, so we went out to to our areas and we asked a set of questions. The set of questions were, what has or indeed has not worked for you and your family within the world of education? Um, next question was, what do you wish that your school had understood um, or had indeed done better? Um, the final question is sort of um, aimed more about the support that is available and what have you accessed or do you know how to access? And what, what have you heard of? Um, the findings were, were really interesting. Um, they were really, really interesting to see what sort of issues and concerns that people were raising um, and indeed what positive things people were raising. So as a, as a main area or cause for concern was when adopters were talking about how schools were just, they weren't making reasonable adjustments. They weren't understanding sort of attachment or adoption and the sort of the, the wider picture there. And a lot of adopters came back to us and said, you know, they didn't feel that their school were putting into practice the things that was needed to consider our children as, as individuals and to give them the support that they actually need. Um, a lot of the sort of feedbacks and comments, I would, I would say used the language of almost like um, the one size fits all approach um, and how this isn't working for our kids. Um, interestingly, I mean, that, that was, that was top topic and, and by a long shot, that was the top sort of comment from, from adopters. Interestingly, the next most common response was how having a good communication plan with schools made a massive, massive difference. Now, 
obviously that doesn't come as a massive shock if you've got a good reputation if you've got a good relationship with your school and you're able to engage them of course things are going to be moving forward aren't they because if you've got concerns they've got concerns and you're talking about it you're all on the same page so we then looked at sort of areas of understanding support and where that comes from how to access it and things like that i really really enjoyed looking at the results there because of the 75 people that had responded i think the lowest response rate um, for one of the categories i believe was 39 percent um and i think that that was for named teachers that was the lowest one um that people said i i know how to access or i have heard of now obviously i want every avenue of those supports um that are available to us to come out as a hundred percent that adopters do know how to access it and if they want to or if they wanted to they did a hundred percent is not going to happen but i was really pleased and really encouraged to see that of all of the adopters that come back 39 percent saying yeah I've, I've heard of designated teachers demonstrates that even even at the lowest end of of what was sort of um response rates we're still getting a positive um sort of response so i, I feel like i'm kind of baffling there but, <laughs> but what i'm saying is people are starting to become more aware of the support that they can access um, which I think is really positive. It must mean that there is better communication going out there from someone or a group of someone's. Um, I don't know where adopters are getting that information, but I I don't really care. What I do care about is that they are getting that information and that it's working. So, so that was good. Um, then when it came to the question of sort of what do you wish the school had done or was better at, um again the resounding message here was people wishing that their school was more attachment or trauma aware um that they had a better sort of experience with their pastoral care um i mean that made up a huge huge chunk of the responses the other bits were sort of little little bits here and there of others saying you know better communication listening to the parents and all really valid points but the huge huge chunk of it was you know schools just need to be more attachment aware trauma aware and give a better pastoral support so on the back end of receiving this information what i need to do is i meet with my board and we discuss the findings and we discuss those sort of comments and the feedback and from there we then build a report that then goes back to um adoption uk and it also goes back to our regional adoption agency we demonstrate the feedback that we've received and we then make recommendations based on our findings now when we reached out to our adopters to ask for these questions a big part of that 
um, sort of the, the sweeping statement that we put in front of that was, we're asking for your feedback and we are going to be submitting a report. However, please understand that we need to submit our report to our regional agency. They then need to submit that up to the Department for Education. And they then need to make sure that the right person is seeing that and indeed acting on it. And we said, you know, all of our other sort of um, sessions, they've been about things that we could have made an impact and a difference with. Um, they were things that we could have actively sort of made recommendations and our agency could have put those changes in place or at least made those efforts. This report, it's it's done in a way whereby actually we can't guarantee that that's going to happen because it's out of out of our hands. Um, but what we wanted to do again was to just get that ball rolling, get the communication going, and start somewhere with that conversation. Obviously, a conversation that is not it's not a new conversation. So we're just adding more more voices there. Um, and hoping that it will gather more strength and that the more feedback that we get, the more we can feed into the Department for Education and help them to actually acknowledge that certain things need to change. Um, so when I met with our board yesterday, we started talking about our findings and we started talking about what we would like to do moving forward. Now, Something that I'm acknowledging from the feedback is I want to, within my capacity, within my role, um, for however long I'm in it, <laughs> um, and also within my role here as um, sort of running this podcast, my, my ultimate goal is to empower adopters, empower parents to feel more confident in what they're doing and more able to sort of move forward and, and continue being great parents. So we talked about our findings and we talked about sort of some of the things that we were seeing. And I looked at when adopters were saying that they just they wish that their schools had better prepared, they had trained more, or they were more attachment or adoption aware. And it made me ask the question of, do we, as adopters, do we know what that means if a school is trauma aware, attachment aware? Because schools are able to get certificated and to be acknowledged as a trauma-aware school. But me being brutally honest to you, I don't actually know what that means. I don't know what that school then has to do to keep that title. Do they have to do anything? I would, I would hope so. I'd assume so. Is it just a case of they could answer questions in the right way and then 
whoever is certificating that is able to say, hey, you know what, yeah, you, you, you are trauma aware. What happens if the leadership changes? What happens if Austin come in and, and redirect them in a different way? I feel that there's a lot of parameters there. Um, and it made me realize that I don't know what qualifies a school to be an attachment aware school? What qualifies them to be trauma aware? And as such, I don't know what I can and can't make them accountable for. And it made me wonder if, as adopters, do we have higher expectations of our education system than are reasonable. I find that quite a, a dark thought because I think that as, as an educational system, I think that we should have the, the utter highest standards and I don't think that anyone should ever tell us to lower those standards. But are we asking or are we expecting something from a system that they can't put in place or would be too difficult to put in place. I don't know. I'm not an educator. I'm not in that system. And I also know they've not just got this to focus on. They've got a lot of other aspects and avenues that they need to be thinking about. Um, but what I'm sort of becoming increasingly aware of is I'm unaware of what a school should put in place as standard, then what they should put in place if they are indeed a trauma-aware school, and then how me as a parent, I can hold them accountable for that. So what our recommendation is going to be is that a booklet or a crib sheet or something of the such is designed in a very easy to read, a very easy to follow format for adopters. Now I'm looking into this because I believe that Adoption UK may already have something similar or along the same sort of lines. So we're not looking to reinvent the wheel but perhaps to promote the will that's already in operation. But the idea being that within this, we're gonna give all adopters a crib sheet. We're gonna to talk to them and say, hey, right, this is what a school needs to do in order to be attachment aware. This is how you ask if they're attachment aware. This is pastoral care. This is what that actually means. Then we're going to give out other terms, SENCO, um, EHCP, uh, designated teacher, all of those things. And we're going to recommend that there is just a very brief one line statement about who that person is and what their role is. Now, what I said we need to do is we need to make sure that we are going with the absolute very basic and the bare minimum of what those roles are expected to cover. Because 
let's just take Senkos, for example, as all of the people who were mentioned in the schools in our findings, Senkos were at the top of that list. Now, they were at the top of that list because sometimes they were mentioned for being fantastic. Sometimes they were mentioned for being awful. It's the same as any profession. You are going to find fantastic people at it. You're going to find rubbish people at it. So what we need to do is go on the bare minimum of what a Senko is expected to do. If you are lucky enough that you're in a school and the Senko is going above and beyond that, brilliant. But let's get a good expectation of what you expect from this person and what they are then going to put in place for you. Um, we figured that if we put sort of those sort of things in place and you have this available for adopters. Now, we said that if you are looking at adopting an older child or a school-aged child, this should be given to you at that stage. Um, if you adopt a younger child, then perhaps it's something that post-adoption would have on their sort of um, timelines and they would have an alert, right, this person's child is getting to be school age when they're going to send this out to them so as they've got a bit of information available to them that they can then use. Um, so that's that was a, a, the first sort of recommendation that we're going to be um, making to to our alliance. Next thing that we're going to talk about is um, a contact agreement. Having a or recommending or considering a contact agreement between parents and schools. When you first start your child at a school, what is your expectation of how they are going to be in touch with you? What sort of things do you need, absolutely need them to literally drop everything and pick up the phone and talk to you about? And what other things isn't important? How often can you ask for feedback? I know when little dude first started at school, I was literally at the door every single day talking to the teacher saying, how's his day? How's his day? You know, we'd adopted a seven-year-old. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea. I, I had no respect for how busy that teacher was. I had no respect for the other 25 students in the classroom. I just wanted to know that my one was doing okay. Now, you may remember from previous episodes, this particular teacher and I did not get on. Don't, I, she shouldn't have been a teacher. But she did have the confidence to say to me, look, you can't talk to me about this every single day. I don't have the time to be able to do that. Instead, let's come up with a system. And the system was quite simply, at the end of the day, when she would see me and sort of let little dude out, she would give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If it was a thumbs up, it meant the day was good or okay, no issues. Thumbs down means actually there were some issues, come over and talk to me. That allowed me to understand how she needed to work. It allowed me to understand what her expectations were. Had we have had that in place prior to little dude going into the school, I would have then been able to have understood that's what they're going to be able to do. So 
again, I think it's about managing expectations. It's understanding, of course, this is all of the information that I want, but sometimes they can't give that information to us. It's not as easy. So, but there might be certain topics that if they're coming up, I need to know about it because I need to then do follow-up because there might be some backlash at home. So again, having that agreement in place with the school before our children go there, so as the school know what we want and we know what the school can offer, managing our expectations, managing their expectations and allowing a school to say, actually, these are the things that we cannot do. I'm really sorry, but I can't give you a phone call every single day. I haven't got the capacity to do that. Now, I'm not saying that any of us are, are requesting that. But I do know, me as an adopter, certainly in those early days, I had very, very high standards for that school and a very high demand for a lot of communication at the start of that placement. Now, of course, I feel that I was justified in asking for that. But I was also wildly unaware of how difficult I was making it for them to just do their job. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be recommending that schools and parents have that in place so as people are aware of, of what, what they can expect from their schools. Um, we're going to add a little side note as well, because um, this came up quite a few times. Um, schools, particularly primary schools, absolutely love doing work on family trees and asking for baby photos and things like this. I am not a teacher, not an educator um, at, at that level. I don't know why this is built into a curriculum. I don't know if it is built into a curriculum. But I do know that this was being talked about when we went through our training 10 years ago and um, I know that at that point it was being spoken about being a real difficult thing for our kids when they are asked to come in and present a baby photo and they don't have one. I am absolutely baffled as to why we need to continue to cover this subject. It, to me, even if the teacher is prepping and doing a lot of work in advance to say, sort of say, you know, families look different and blah, 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 you are still going to make this child feel very different. And I don't get it. I, I really don't feel like that's needed. And I feel like families look so different now that there's really no need. <laughs> we We could we could alter this and say, hey, let's come up with, uh, like, let's look at a fictional character and do their family tree, or let's actually look at a whole host of different ways that families are made up. Let's look at this and, and embrace difference, but let's stop naming the actual children who are different because they may not be as comfortable discussing it as this teacher. And they may not be comfortable discussing their history and their past with a group of friends who might not know that much. So 
we're definitely going to be making a recommendation that this needs to be reviewed because oh, it just it baffles me. Um, I know um, there may be many a teacher listening right now, um, and you may have an opinion on this. If you do, and if <laughs> if there is a a reason that you feel that these are really valuable lessons to put in at that age. I don't mean this sarcastically. Please get in touch and tell me because maybe you could teach me something and maybe I could learn something because as as someone who is not in that sort of environment, I don't get it, I don't understand it and it frustrates me and the feedback from adopters is it's frustrating them too. So I'd love to know what the idea is behind that. Um, final recommendation that we're looking at is, is so this one we're gonna we're gonna word it carefully. So we aren't going to be making a recommendation to our alliance. Instead, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be making a recommendation that our alliance make a recommendation to the Department of Education. Um, we are going to ask them to gather support to start the ball rolling of, of gathering change. And what we're looking to do here is to start looking at ways that we can actually help schools, actually it won't help I don't think to begin with, but <laughs> to make schools a little bit more accountable for their emotional support, their attachment and trauma awareness. Um, looking to sort of say actually when Ofsted go in, and again I'm, I'm, I'm not an Ofsted inspector, I'm not a teacher, so I might I might be way off the mark here, but when Ofsted are going in, my understanding is that they are looking at the standard, standard of teaching, they are looking at the curriculum, they're looking at the head and how they are running um, the school, they are looking at the governing body and how they govern the school, they're looking at the finances to make sure that they're managed. They will ensure that all policies are in place. I know that they cover those bits. I don't know what they do to make a school accountable for emotional support or trauma or attachment support. I don't know what questions they're asking about that and how they are holding the school accountable for what they should be doing. We are in a very, very different world now and we need to embrace and understand that people are they struggle with things and they they have difficulties and they have challenges with mental health this always happened this that's not the new world the new world is we're more aware of it now so actually let's start being more accountable for it let's let's start filtering that message through that everyone who works within a school environment should be trauma aware that is not just for adopted children. That is for all children. Trauma affects everyone. 
So requesting the DfE to actually embrace this and look at this and hold school accountable and change that means all children will be given support. We've talked about it before, about therapeutic parenting and parenting and how actually therapeutic parents, they don't only work with adopted children. Therapeutic parenting helps all children. It helps everyone. So holding a school accountable for that and asking them to demonstrate what they do to consider their children's emotional needs, I think is a, is a really big step forward. I also believe that that is a big step forward that will not necessarily happen quickly. I think that that's going to take time, energy and effort. I don't believe that I am the first person to be making this recommendation. I don't believe that I'm the first person to be picking up this sort of baton. But I do believe that it's a baton worth picking up. And the more of us that do, the better chance we've got of getting success. Um, so, so that's going to be our recommendations. Um, so yeah, so it's been it's been interesting. Um, there were certain topics that I was I was certain were going to come up um, that didn't, and I said that a, a reflection upon myself. I was fully expecting certain aspects to come back in the findings, and they only did in a small small section, which means that that was more my findings and not generalised, which again was great because it just means that if I've got sort of these bugbears it's great that other people aren't going through them as well so it was really interesting sort of seeing what what people were saying um and and how that was looking so i'm I'm curious to see what sort of what happens next there but as as i was saying i just wanted to sort of keep you updated um on on what's happening at my end, um, the feedback that we're getting and indeed what I then intend to do with that. Um, being within this role, it's been fascinating. I've really enjoyed it and I'm hoping to continue enjoying it for, for a long old time to come. But what it's showing me is there are a number of different aspects of support that adopters need and I might be able to help them a bit with it, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where we're where we're up to basically. Um, so, I shall sign off here. Um, as always, should you have any questions, comments, feedback, anything at all, please drop me a line. I always value your voices um if you have updates on how your family's doing drop drop me those lines i love hearing how you but yes until until next time here's wishing you a wonderful wonderful week be awesome continue being awesome and uh yeah much love to all